You're listening to Church on the Park Inspiration Podcast. Brought to you by Holy Fire. And broadcasting from the heart of Brisbane City, Australia. Speaking today is Pastor Glenn Gerhauser. is entitled His Way, His Word, and His Wisdom. His Way, His Word, and His Wisdom. And what I'll be sharing today is tools to sharing the good news. And we're on this theme for the next season of equipping you to share the good news. So I'll be sharing tools to sharing the good news. And we're going to turn to 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 15 and verse 16. Again, specifically the theme is God's way, word, and wisdom will empower you to share His good news effectively. So God's way, His word, and His wisdom will empower you to share His good news effectively. All right, we got to pray together. So I'm going to pray, then I'll lead you into prayer. Father, again, I'm coming to you asking that you'd speak and kiss this word and equip us to share the good news and give me what you want me to share and help us to be receptive of it. In your precious name, amen. Amen. Okay, let's put our hands on our hearts and if you can repeat after me and pray this nice and loud. Dear Jesus, speak to my heart and change my life in your precious name. Amen. And we're going to do another prayer. If you put your hand on your stomach. And um, I was, we were talking with Daniel and Diane this week, and she was saying, we need to pray that people are able to digest his word. So right now, you repeat after me. Dear Jesus... Help me to digest your word in your precious name. Amen. Amen. Now we're ready. We're ready to take off. <laughs> so 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 15 reads, But sanctify Christ as Lord in your hearts, always being ready to make a defense or to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give an account for the hope that is in you, yet with gentleness and reverence, and keep a good conscience, so that in the thing in which you are slandered, those who revile your good behavior in Christ will be put to shame. That's the text that we're going to soon dive into. Peter encourages us to always be ready to answer those who ask us about the hope within us. To always be ready to answer those who ask us about the hope that is within us. 
he further clarifies that it is not just what we say, but it's how we say it. In other words, there's a way to share the good news, and that way is consistent with the Lord's character. Our goal is not to win arguments, but to win hearts. And so today, we will learn the way to share our faith, the words that are central to the gospel message, and the wisdom we need as we enter into a deeper conversation with people. And if we have time, we're going to do a little tiny workshop afterwards, if, if time permits. So first, let's talk about this a subject of His way, God's way. First, before we dive into 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 15 and 16, which we just read, I want us to learn from the widow with the jar of oil. So turn over to 2 Kings chapter 4, 1 through 7. Second Kings chapter 4, 1 through 7. And let me read to you this story. Now a certain woman of the wives of the sons of the prophets cried to Elisha, Your servant, my husband, is dead. And you know that your servant feared the Lord. And the creditor has come to take my two children to be his slaves. Elisha said to her, what shall I do for you? Tell me, what do you have in, your, in the house? And she said, your maidservant has nothing in the house except a jar of oil. Then he said, go borrow vessels at large for yourself from all your neighbors, even empty vessels. Do not get a few. In other words, get a lot. And you shall go in and shut the door behind you and your sons and pour out into all the vessels and you shall set aside what is full. So she went from him and shut the door behind her and her sons. They were bringing the vessels to her and she poured. When the vessels were full, she said to her son, bring me another vessel. And he said to her, there is not one more vessel. There's not one vessel more, and the oil stopped. Then she came and told the man of God, and he said, go sell the oil and pay your debt, and you and your sons can live on the rest. So here we see this woman, and she, this, she's a widow. Obviously, she's in grief because her husband just passed away, but also left her with debt. And she doesn't know how to solve the problem because all she has in her house is this one jar of oil. But God's way is that the miracle of multiplication only happens when you give what you have. The miracle of multiplication happens when you give what you have. So what does she have? She has one jar of oil. And before we can see God do the miraculous, we need to realize what we have. We need to realize the jar of oil that we have in our house. Your body is the house where the jar of oil, the anointing of the Spirit, is 
is there, it dwells. So all of you who are saved, you have that jar of oil. You have the anointing. The anointing is speaking of the oil of the Spirit. You have the anointing within you. And there is a purpose for that anointing. That anointing is there so that you can preach and share the good news. And then, who are the vessels? As we apply this spiritually, who are the vessels? She's meant to get empty vessels, lots of empty vessels. She only has one jar, but the more she pours out, the more the oil keeps coming until she fills one vessel after another vessel after another vessel. And it wasn't just a few. It was many vessels that she filled with one jar of oil. She had to take a, she looked foolish. She had to take a step of faith. She risked herself in doing this. But notice God's way. God's way is to give what you have received. And the more you give what you receive, the more it is multiplied. Let me go to, uh, well, let's go to Isaiah 61. Isaiah 61, we read this a few weeks ago. Don't think of how little you have, but rather how much you have. Because if you think of how little you have, you get stuck there. It never grows. It only shrinks. But if you see what you have, and you, if you are saved, if you are born again, and if you're not, you can be this morning. But if you are saved and you're born again, you have the anointing of the Holy Spirit. And here's the prophecy spoken about Jesus, but it also applies to us because we are in Christ, and Christ means anointed one. Did you know that? Mashiach in the Hebrew, it means anointed one. So when we say Jesus Christ, Christ is not his last name, it's his title. Jesus, the anointed one. And here we see his anointing, uh, Isaiah 61, verse 1. The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me. Because the Lord has anointed me. But why did, the, why did the Lord anoint Jesus? And why has he anointed us? The answer is next. To bring good news to the afflicted. So I'll read that again. The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me because the Lord has anointed me for a purpose. And if we don't use the oil that we're given... It will dry up. It will be wasted. We'll end up in poverty. But if we're about the Lord's business, we will find that we will bless others, but more than that, we'll be blessed ourselves. So the widow, she filled up all of these jars of oil. She was able to sell the oil because the oil was the fuel of that day. The oil was so important. This is olive oil. We're not thinking of petroleum here. We're thinking of olive oil. Olive oil powered the ancient world. They used it for cooking. They used it for illumination. They used it for so many different things, uh, but especially for food and for uh, light. 
And so it was worth its weight in gold. Well, she took all that oil, she sold it, and God provided for her uh, to pay off all of her debt. And then not just her debt, she had so much, such an abundance that she was able to live off of that for many years to come. And so what she was doing is putting the word of God first in listening to what the prophet said. And as she put the word of God first, God took care of her. But notice that it looked ridiculous. And sometimes it is embarrassing to share, to give. You, you are brought out of your comfort zone. You are brought out of your, uh, you know, the, the little walls you confine yourself into. But as you start giving, you will notice that the flow of the Spirit will continue. And as you seek first the kingdom of God, all things will be added to you. So He will look after it will look after you. So the Spirit of the Lord God is upon me because the Lord has anointed me to bring good news to the afflicted. What does the good news do? It goes on to explain it. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, and freedom to prisoners, to proclaim the favorable year of the Lord and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all who mourn to grant those who mourn in Zion, giving them a garland or a turban instead of ashes, the oil of gladness instead of mourning, the mantle of praise instead of the spirit of fainting. So they will be called oaks of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he may be glorified. So she chose to believe God's word to her. And it's only when she poured out the little that she had that the oil began to multiply. Again, you are anointed and you're anointed to share the good news. And as you give the small that you, thing that you have, you'll find that the flow of the Holy Spirit will continue and liberate many people. But you got to step out in faith. His way is giving. His way is pouring himself out. Why? Because that's what Jesus did on the cross. And as his disciples, he wants us to reflect him. And so our lives should be lives poured out. But what are we pouring out? We're pouring out what the Spirit of God has given us and what he has empowered us to do. We're pouring that out and we're giving it to others. Always give what you have received from the Lord. Not thinking of oh, I don't know about the future because it's in the giving that God takes care of the future. So for, for me, when we started the Bible school, now we're coming up to a great graduation coming up in about a month, but when we started, and some of you may have heard me say this, we started in 2003, and I thought God had spoken to me to start this Bible school. And at first I was going to use someone else's curriculum because I thought, well, I've got a lot on my plate already and I'm already tired. I was a young man. I said, I'm already, I'm already tired and I don't know how I'm going to do this, but I know you're speaking to me to do this. And the Lord said to me, as you give, you will receive. And I don't want you to use this other person's curriculum. I want you to teach what I give you. And so it happened like that. I would, everything that God gave me, I would pour it out into the students 
Then I was empty, and I was like, what's next? And the Lord would pour in. And then everything I received, I gave out. And now we have taught the Bible about seven times through from Genesis to Revelation. And it's about 18 years later, and the Lord keeps on giving his fresh anointing. And it was all, it, did, it, it was all started out with, how is this possible? But with God, all things are possible. The key thing is you doing what God has spoken to you to do, according to his word. Not you copying what someone else is doing, though do imitate someone's faith. So if they have faith, we're imitating the widow's faith. But if you go home and take your olive oil and you say, everybody get me buckets, and you start to pour, that miracle will probably not happen. Why? Because that was for her. What is it that God has given to you? What is his word to you? That is where the miracle happens. And sometimes we wonder, where are the miracles? Well, the miracles always follow those who believe, who step out step out on the word of God. Whenever you're doing the will of God, you will find that miracles will follow. Anna was blessed. This week she went to see her new doctor. The doctor wanted to talk about faith and God. And as Anna's leaving, the doctor said, I'm envious of your faith. <laughs> and I thought that was a... That was a beautiful thing. There's another person sharing with me that they were sharing the Lord with somebody in a, uh, in a shopping center. This was just, think about this week or last week. And, but there was people coming in. It was like a shop, the shopkeeper, but the people kept on coming in. And so she was about to leave and she could hear audibly the person saying, don't leave me. When she turned around, the person was just talking to someone else. She wasn't saying, don't leave me. She was in a conversation with one of the customers. And so there was like, and then she came back and was able to share with her more. But it was like, uh, what is it? The Lord doing something miraculous. I'm thinking of the Macedonian cry where, you know, Paul heard this, come and help us. Miraculous things happen when you share your faith, when you do God's will. Now, who are the empty vessels? They're the hungry, the open, the thirsty. An empty vessel is a vessel that is hungry and open and thirsty, and you need to see people. Is that person an empty vessel? Well, if they are, pour yourself in or pour the Lord in. Pour his word in. In other words, an empty vessel is ready to receive. For those who are not ready, what do we do? We may sow a few seeds and move on. Jesus taught us not to cast our pearls before swine. But there's others who are empty vessels, and when you pour into them, they are going to be appreciative of the Word of God. And if you don't give, 
you won't receive. So you, there needs to be a stepping out. Remember that God has promised to give seed to the sower. He doesn't give seed to the hoarder. He gives seed to the sower. That means he's going to give you the fresh word in season for that person at that time. He gives seed, and you need to see your word as seed. You need to see your finances as seed. You need to see your resources and the things that God has given you as seed. He gives seed to the sower, not to the hoarder. It's in the doing. It's in the pouring. It's in the giving that God causes his kingdom to spread. And then he looks after you as well. So this leads us to the question, in what way do we give? And in what way do we sow the good news into others? 1 Peter 3.15 and 16. And we began reading this. It says, but sanctify Christ as Lord in your hearts. So it's the Lord that matters. He's the most important thing. Sanctify him as Lord in your hearts. And always being ready to give a defense or an answer. To everyone who asks you, apologia, apologia, where we get the word apology or where we get the word, it's not an apology like we think it is, but where we get the word apologetics from. It's an answer or a defense, and you can do a whole branch of study in apologetics. That's answering, especially answering objections and questions that people have about Jesus and about the Bible, about God. Well, he's saying always be ready to give an answer. So we should be looking for opportunities every day. Is there an opportunity for me to share? Is somebody asking a question? Well, I need to be ready. And I'm getting you ready this morning. <laughs> That's what I'm doing. I'm getting you ready. And then it shares the way in which we are to give that answer. It says, everyone who asks you to give an account for the hope that is in you, yet with gentleness and reverence and keep a good conscience so that in the thing in which you are slandered, those who revile your good behavior in Christ will be put to shame. So there's three ways that Peter tells us how we should share the good news. And I've seen every one of these ways violated. <laughs> especially by zealous Christians who want to take the message and kind of force feed it and jam it into the throats of people. So there's two types of, sometimes there's two types of people. The one person who never wants to share anything, <laughs> just keep it to themselves. But another is you can jam it down somebody's throat and it's not going to be good either. So what's the first way? He says, with gentleness. Gentleness. It's also translated in other places as meekness. So we share the word of God with gentleness, with meekness. Like I said before, with kindness. Being kind. Not being rough. Not being forceful. Not trying to uh, twist someone's arm. Because it's God's power that changes the person. It's not our power. It's not our persuasion. It's not merely our words. God wants, God wants to use your words. But remember, it's his power that changes people's heart. 
And if he doesn't change someone's heart, it cannot be changed. If that heart is hardened and they're not willing, you can do nothing about it except pray, 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 pray. The gentle, the meek, they pray. Because the God of this age has blinded the minds of unbelievers. So we have to pray that their eyes are open. So meek people pray. The next thing is reverence, with reverence. And that is with honor and respect. So we share the good news with honor and respect. First, in reverence of God, we do it in the fear of the Lord. But also respecting and honoring the person that we're speaking to. We don't belittle them or look down on them. Or they're the unsaved, the, the heathens. Or they're wrapped up in sin and and I'm the mighty one who has the word of God. <laughs> with reverence, with respect, respecting the other person. So in the fear of the Lord, but also with deep respect for the person you are speaking to, because they are God's creation. We respect non-believers, or we respect those who are yet to believe. We don't disrespect them and speak in insulting and hostile ways. And now, this way needs to be in Facebook and Instagram and Reddit and all of those online communities. Because what happens is one person may be face-to-face -face nice to somebody, but once they get online, they turn into a monster. It's like, oh, that person was just speaking to me nicely, and then they're posting in such a vile, vicious way. Why? Because, of course, they have the in, kind of the, the hiddenness of the, the screen. But we cannot be like that as believers. These rules apply, or these ways, better yet said, these ways apply not to just face-to-face, -face, but online. Are, we, are you hearing that we need to be gentle in our online conversation, respectful in our online conversation? This is why some people don't even want to be a part of social media. Because you see that people are becoming like beasts, ripping into each other. The pride comes out. Everybody is right. No, you know what? There's only one right, and that is the Lord. But everybody thinks they're right and the pride. and the... So this needs to permeate our speech in every way, in every platform, a respect without speaking insultingly or in hostile ways. And please watch that you are not insulting people of other faiths or ways of thinking. So be careful and sensitive. Because they do not know the Lord. And because they do not know the Lord, they're not going to understand everything you say at first. So speak respectfully. The word of God may offend, but you don't want to be offensive in your way. The word of God may offend, but don't be offensive in your way. Always be sensitive and at the same time standing on the side of God's word. So you want to be sensitive, but always stand on the side of God's word. So you're not going to cave in what God says because someone doesn't believe it. 
But again, you do it with respect. I hope you can understand that. And then next, with a good conscience. This is the, next, the third way that Peter says, with a good conscience. Why? Because your life itself is your greatest answer to what you believe. We need to embody the good news. And if you sin, be quick to humble yourself. Look to the blood of Jesus. Make things right with the people that you have sinned against or hurt. And look to the blood of Jesus to cleanse your guilty conscience. Of course, you don't want to be sharing the good news out of a guilty conscience. And you want your life to reflect the message. So it's our actions that are the biggest stumbling blocks for non-believers. Our actions and often the way we say things. And so we, we should watch how we conduct ourselves. And our behavior needs to reflect the Lord's behavior. Here, I want to caution, to caution you, don't wait till you're perfect to share the good news. Because you won't be perfect in this life. But be on the way. Be progressing. Be moving forward. An authentic Christian is not absolutely perfect, but they are moving forward. They're progressing. When they fall down, they're getting up. They're on the way. They're asking Forgiveness for when they fall short and hurt other people. But again, no, let's not use that as an excuse for sin. So those three things are the way we share with gentleness, with reverence, and with a good conscience. This brings us to his word. And what is the word that we share with people? Here in John 1, 12 through 13, it says, But as many as received him, to them he gave the right to become children of God, even to those who believe in his name, who were born not, who, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor the will of man, but born of God, but of God. And so that's our, our goal is that people are born of God. They had that spiritual birth that happens by the anointing of the Holy Spirit. That anointing of the Holy Spirit makes them new. But what's the, the words that we need to share for that to happen? And that brings us to what I was sharing last week. And so I'll be very quick with this because you can listen to the message last week to get a recap. But finally, I simplified things in this infograph that I designed last week. Um, and it's the way to a relationship with God. So if you're online, <laughs> the way to a relationship with God. I'm going to give every one of you one of these. Um, and this shows you the four main steps to help someone have a relationship with God. And so I want you to use this as a tool. And I'll quickly just share it, but I won't get into depth because I've been talking about it last week. And I have a video of this. Oh, Patrick, I won't give it to you because you're not feeling too well. <laughs> Leonard, do you mind passing this around? <laughs> but Patrick has always been very helpful to pass out things. Thank God for Patrick, amen? <laughs> Thank you, Patrick. So once you get this, make sure everybody gets, gets one. 
So thank you, Lena, for going around and passing this. This is my gift to you. And even the young ones, the children, I want everyone to get it. It says here, the way to a relationship with God, the first step is realize that Jesus longs for a relationship with you. And then the second, your sin separates you. So embrace the truth of God's word that sin separates you. Embrace the whole truth of God's word. And third thing is the cross reconnects you. Accept that Jesus died to pay the penalty for your sins. His cross is like a bridge that reconnects you to him. The fourth step here is come to Jesus who loves you. Let Jesus draw you to himself. Turn from your sin and put your trust in him. And this is where if someone's ready, you want to pray with them. And it would be good to say, because they don't, may not know how to pray, repeat after me. It's called the sinner's prayer. And it's based on Luke chapter 18, where the man says, have mercy on me, a sinner. And the Lord accepts his prayer. But the Pharisee's prayer, who says, oh, I'm so good, and I tithe, and I do this and that. And uh, that, that person the Lord rejects. And the last step here is the, this is after someone is born again, you want them to grow. Love God's word and people to grow. So there's a, hidden, there's a hidden acrostic in this, and it's the word real, the word real. So on the first point, it's realize Jesus longs for you. Starts with the R. On the second point, it's embrace, the E. Embrace the truth of God's word. On the third point, it's A, accept. Accept that Jesus died to pay the penalty for your sin. And the fourth step, it's let the L, let Jesus draw you to him. So that's in the, the small words. It has a hitting acrostic there to help you to memorize it. So, yeah, take this and use it. And if there's an extra one, feel free to grab an extra one. And that is the heart of the good news towards you. Jesus longs for you. Yet your sin separates you. And so what's the solution? The solution is the cross. Jesus died on the cross to pay the penalty for your sin. The cross reconnects you. Now, why am I telling you this? I'm preaching to the choir this morning, right? <laughs> I'm telling this to you so that you're equipped to share it with someone else. You are equipped to share it with someone else and make it simple. And then lastly, come to Jesus who loves you. And how does someone come to Jesus? They need to turn to him in repentance. They're not going to know all their sin, but they want to turn from their own life to Jesus and believe in him, trust in his word. And then after that, you want to... I think a good place to start is someone reading from the Gospel of John. That's where I started, reading from the Gospel of John. And these are the things that helped me begin my relationship with God and help many people, you know, down through the years. Um, so that's that infographic. And I hope you enjoy it and like it. Amen? This brings us to the last part of this message. And that is his wisdom. His wisdom. So we talked about his way, his word. 
And that word is centered around Jesus. And then his wisdom, of which his wisdom is found in his way and his word too. But I'm going to give you some wisdom about what I've learned in my many years of street witnessing and engaging people in conversations about Jesus. So in my early walk, and I don't know how, how long it was. I think it was, uh, it was a long, it was many years. Many years, every Friday, I was out on the streets. I was an introvert, but I was out on the streets sharing with people about Jesus and used to come home past midnight. And that's how this church started. We went out on the streets, and somehow through going out on the streets, we met Daniel Mack. Through, we met one of his friends. I met him and got connected there. And went out on the streets to just talk to people about Jesus. And amen for the, the trumpets blowing. <laughs> I got a wink in my eye with saying trumpets. <laughs> but I learned some things in the many conversations over the years with people. And I want to share some of the wisdom. Proverbs 11 Oh, it should be 11.30. I put 11.23 on my notes, but 11.30. Proverbs 11.30. The fruit of the righteous is a tree of life, and he who is wise wins souls. The fruit of the righteous is a tree of life, and he who is wise wins souls. Do I hear an amen there? So the first wisdom I would give you is let the conversation be Christ-centered, or as it drifts off, always bring it back to Christ. Always bring it back to Jesus. And I'm talking here when things get deeper in the conversation. So in your conversation, keep coming back to Christ. Who He is, what He has done, and what He's doing. Because you'll find in your conversations with people that it will drift off into other matters into issues of the world, into issues about the church, and oh, everybody's a hypocrite, and to issues about all sorts of other things. What people try to do is they don't realize it, but they, they get distracted by lots of things. And so you always want to bring the conversation back to Christ. That's for someone who's ready to talk with you. So again, it's easy to, for the conversation to drift into uh, talks about religion, how bad the world is, how hypocritical Christians are, what this person believes, what this denomination believes. Always, those are distractions. And watch out that you don't go down people's rabbit holes. You know what it means to go down a rabbit hole? You get in this rabbit hole and you can't get out. That's why you always want to make sure you're Christ-centered. The good news is about Christ and Him crucified. This brings us to the second point of wisdom, and that is heart-focused. Bring the conversation to the heart and make it about the heart. God wants to give everyone a new heart. So watch that you don't get stuck in reasoning and arguments. You may spend a little bit of time talking about those things. Some of these questions are really important. But again, always bring it back to the heart. How is your heart? Because people's hearts are broken. And the good news has come to bind up their broken heart. 
And the heart is wicked and deceitful above all things. And so they need a new heart. They need washing and cleansing and forgiveness. And so the, the, again, the distraction is to get it off the heart and to get it on all these other issues that are out there. You'll be talking about the Black Lives Matter movement, and you'll be talking about the Catholics and, and the Crusades and all sorts of things. All sorts of things. We always get back to the heart. The heart, because the message is for the heart. And when Peter preached the gospel on the day of Pentecost, it cut people to the heart. And so the word of God is for the heart. And it, it gets to the heart. It's like a sword that pierces the heart. People's hearts need God. The heart is broken and sinful and hurting. Let the word you speak be directed to their hearts. And this is why it's important to listen and to ask questions too. Not just questions about random things, but about that person and their story and who they are. Because you treasure the person. It's not just about information you're giving them. You want to show them love. That brings us to the next point, relational, relational. The next point of wisdom is be relational. Keep the message relational and focused on God and how he wants a relationship with them. That's why this infographic is the way to a relationship with God. Now, many times you have a track and it's how to get to heaven. But I didn't want to focus so much on that because I believe God wants a relationship. I tried to get the focus of the scripture. And that is God wants a relationship with people today, right now. Heaven is important. Eternal life is important. But eternal life begins when one has a relationship with God. So I'm trying to get the focus off of just... Uh, all the way down the track to right now, a relationship with God right now. Again, like I said before, draw the conversation away from abstract and theoretical things into a relationship that God wants with them. And let your very approach be relational. Next thing. Inspired by the Holy Spirit. When you speak to people, you want to be inspired by the Holy Spirit. You want your words to come from the Holy Spirit. You want your actions to be inspired by the Spirit. You may have be open to the gifts of the Spirit. You may have a prophetic word to share with somebody. Like Jesus with the woman at the well. And he's in this conversation with her. And then what happens? He says, he says you know, go get your husband. Uh, husband, and uh, let's, let's look at the exact words there, because I don't want to get it wrong. You know what I'm talking about? John 4 is in this conversation with the woman at the well. Now, we're almost finished here with the message. Go call your husband and come here. <laughs> the woman answered. I'm sure he said it in a nice way. Go call your husband and come here. And the woman answered and said, I have no husband. Jesus said to her, you have, you have correctly said, I have no husband. For you have had five husbands. And the one whom you have is not your husband. Uh, and the one whom you ha now have is not your husband. This you have said truly. Now, this is some woman, you know, 
five husbands? This is back in the day. You know, we thought we did it bad, or you thought the Hollywood actors were bad. I mean, this is, this tops it. Five husbands, and the one that you're with now is not even your husband. But Jesus stopped and paused to talk to her, and he treasured her, even though society would have thought, this woman deserves no time and no attention. No time, no attention. Are you with me here? But he talks with her and even goes beyond uh, the boundaries of culture and race to talk to her. And the woman said to him, Sir, I perceive that you are a prophet. And then she starts to talk about religious matters, but then he brings it back to the Father and God. So... In speaking with people, you'll find that the Lord may reveal something to you and share that. Or you may want to ask them if you're learning. I'm learning to hear from God. Does this apply to you? Be inspired by the Spirit. Be led by the Spirit. The Spirit's going to give you wisdom. You, uh, ultimately, you want to flow in the Spirit. That's how the message began. Two more pieces of wisdom. Share scripture. Share scriptures because God's word has power. Faith comes by hearing and hearing God's word. And that's why you want to know the scriptures well. Share scripture with people. And then lastly, and this is the last point of the message, is turn to God and your testimony. Turn to God and your testimony in your Focus on turning people to God. The message of repentance in a practical and simple language to, to turn people to God. Also, it's good to end by turning to God in prayer. They may not be ready to re receive the Lord, but say, can I pray for you? And pray for them that God reveals himself to them. And then pray uh, if they're ready to receive the Lord. You may ask them, then pray the sinner's prayer with them. Something along with, dear Jesus, forgive me, a sinner. Wash me, cleanse me, make me new. The Holy Spirit will help give you the words, but have mercy on me. Make me new. I turn to you. These uh, simple words, it doesn't have to be complicated. Luke 18, 13 is the example of the sinner's prayer. Always lead people from theory to turning to Jesus. And then last, don't forget your testimony. Your testimony has power. So share your stories. Share your testimony with people. Well, all of this, all of these points of wisdom spell the word Christ to help you remember. C, Christ-centered. H, heart-focused. R, Relational. I, inspired by the Spirit. S, share scripture. And T, turn to God in your testimony. Christ. Do I me to share that again? One person. <laughs> yeah, you got to be. I have this. I'll have the notes for you. So you can get all the notes from online. And I wrote the notes. So now we're going to pray, and then we're going to do a little workshop. <laughs>
about five, you know, like a five, ten minute workshop. How about that? So those points were be Christ-centered, heart-focused, relational, inspired by the Holy Spirit, share scripture, turn to God, and your testimony. So over this message, we've been talking about his way, his word, and his wisdom. So Father, I want to ask you that we are all equipped to share the good news and that this week there would be open doors for us to sharing the good news and that we would give what we have received. Every one of us has received salvation. And if, we ha if you haven't, today is the day of salvation. Every one of you has the Holy Spirit within you. So now it's time to flow in the Spirit. It's time to give. It's time to pour yourself out. God, you're having your people step out and be the people of God and share the good news and liberate the lost. We believe for multiplication according to your word. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, so here's our little workshop. <laughs> I want us to get in groups of, it could be two, three, at most four. And, uh, of course, if you're not comfortable, then somebody else can do this. But the goal is that one person in your group is playing the devil's advocate. They are the person that does not know Jesus. Okay, you're acting here. You know, you could. And... Uh, <laughs> and then, so one person will designate themselves and they come with a question or something and it's up to you not to be like wolves attacking them but giving some answers and see how you go it's like a little practice and if you have time maybe a couple people can be the devil's advocate we're not talking about being the, the devil here we're talking about <laughs> Um, so it's getting into groups of two, three, four. And if you just want to, if you're not comfortable with sharing, you're new, you can just kind of listen. But start off with questions. So maybe someone has a sincere question. I hope all the questions are sincere. And then see how you go with answering that and putting into practice what we have been learning. And you can look to your infographic too. And... Uh, yeah, that's, that's how we're going to go. Now, and then we'll do that for about five, five or so minutes, and then we'll conclude the, uh, the meeting. Can, are you okay with that? <laughs> so just with the people around you, form some groups of either two or three, preferably three, and you could have four if you want, but try not to keep it more than that. Be careful for Patrick because he's uh, not feeling the best. <laughs> yeah, and get, come around and... Uh...